Hello and welcome to the EFL Preview with me, Adam Davis. Welcome to a new show looking at all things from across the Skybet Championship, League One and League Two. We hope to provide analysis, predictions and interviews from all three leagues ahead of every weekend of the 22-23 season. With the new season starting this weekend, we thought it'd be a good idea to start off with a bang. Over the next hour, we'll be taking a look at not just this weekend's fixtures in each division, but also provide some predictions for the league as a whole. I'll be trying my best to analyse every club and see which clubs look strong candidates for promotion, an unexpected playoff pace and those that unfortunately may be looking at the drop zone come season's end. But before we begin, I just thought I'd like to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Adam Davis. I'm a new host here on Three Valleys Radio. Um, I'm originally from just outside of Yeovil, um, but uh, with all my family growing up around Yeovil uh, for many, many years. Um, but actually no longer live in Somerset. Uh, I moved away uh, to York for university and never really came back, but still a very, very passionate Yeovil Town fan. Um, and have always uh, been following them uh, as many times in away matches as I can, as I don't get to go down to Hewish Park quite as much as I'd like. Um, I'm actually a sports consultant uh, outside of my fledgling radio career, and I specialise a lot in football analysis uh, as well as uh, financial accountancy. So it's uh, the whole programme is be a little bit about um, a little bit of analysis, a little bit of evaluation. And generally just me having a chat with, with you all, um, and I'm really, really excited uh, to get started. As I'm very new, I'd really like as much advice as possible, uh, any tips or anything that you think you'd, you'd like to see in a EFL preview or review programme, and, and we'll try and get it into the show, because it's as much yours as it is mine. So let's start with the big one, the Skybet Championship. Famously difficult to predict, and my personal favourite to watch as a result. Whilst perennial yo-yo club Fulham saw a return to the Premier League last season, alongside second division big spenders Bournemouth, joining after two years away from the big time, it was the remarkable run of Nottingham Forest that got everyone talking, with the club bottom of the league when Steve Cooper took over, to forging a relentless run of form, resulting in a comprehensive win over Huddersfield Town in the playoff final in May. This year sees the return of Norwich City after their traditional 12-month holiday to the Premier League, alongside Watford and Burnley. Watford and Norwich have been in this position before, recently, but a new-look Burnley side, who haven't competed in the Championship since 2015, could take a while to settle into their new surroundings with inexperienced manager Vincent Company. Anyone who watched MK Dons last season will have seen the talent of Scott Twine on full display, and I'm personally very excited to see how well he does in a new league for the Clarets. From League One, we saw the return of Sunderland, Wigan Athletic and Rotherham United. Sunderland and Wigan appear to have put the difficulties of the last few seasons behind them, whilst the ever-consistent Rotherham will see if they can escape the drop, the first time they have done that in the Championship since 2016. This is Three Valleys Radio. Check out our website at www.3valleysradio.com. So let's take a look at the three categories we're going to discuss tonight. First one is too good for this league, which are around standout performances, uh, notably strong players, who look in a good place for promotion. And my prediction for that is of Sheffield United. After a rocky start under Slavisa Jakanovic last season, the Blades turned their form around under ex-Leeds and Hibernian boss Paul Heckingbottom. His previous role was the under-23s manager at the club, and this has been a strong trust in the excellent academy structure of the club has been seen throughout his tenure. 
but I think we will concede see consistent starts from the likes of Daniel Jebison and Kyron Gordon this season as a result. Uh, Daniel Jebison is around 18 and I believe won the under-19s championship with England this summer, uh, potentially even being top goal scorer. A really, really effective striker and played rather well when he was on loan at Burton last season. The signings of Anel Agma Hodzik from Malmö and Kieran Clark from Newcastle looks excellent signings to the back line that struggled with injury last season. Tommy Doyle from Man City could also be really exciting from central midfield, alongside Sander Berg, a player I believe to be a real coup when signing when they're in the Premier League, let alone in the Championship. It'll be interesting to see whether he stays on for a second year in the Championship. As a result, I think Sheffield United may secure promotion back to the Premier League, alongside Norwich City. Yes, I know it's a boring pick for the Canaries, but they are a consistent side at building a title-challenging Championship side. Really, the likes of Todd Cantwell play very, very well in the Championship and often rather underwhelming in the Premier League. And I think this is going to be the type of players that's just going to get Norwich over the line every single time. Will we see them in, uh, come straight back down? Yes, almost certainly. The second category I would like to look at is the going to fight but struggle. So this is a team that has good things going for them, but ultimately won't have enough to stay up after the 46 games are done. Now we've already mentioned them, but I think we will see another relegation for Rotherham United. Paul Warren, obviously former Yeovil player, and his men are hard workers, but ultimately they will be let down by one key factor. Money. In the last five years, only two clubs have competed in the Championship with a wage budget less than 70% of their total revenue. These are Rotherham and Barnsley, who saw their relegation quite convincingly last season. The uncontrolled spending of the Championship makes a team like Rotherham very difficult to maintain in England's second tier. Whilst it is possible to have big set spenders signing poorly and face a relegation battle, Rotherham already appear on the back foot. I believe other clubs that may also struggle will be Bristol City and Reading, who are both subject to potential FFP sanctions. I believe Reading is still under their transfer embargo, and it looks ever-increasing that Bristol will receive some form of uh, sanction against their overspending over the last few years. And I think the key loss for Reading, above all else, is the loss of John Swift to West Brom, who could be absolutely monumental as their number one talisman over the number couple of years, maybe outside of Lucas Shaw, who was a little bit underwhelming last season. As well as those, I don't think it looks good for Wigan Athletic, who in my opinion signed some top quality League One players last season, and it will be interesting to see whether the likes of Jack Watmouth and Tom Naylor can make the step up this season. And finally, my surprise package, a club that defy expectation uh, at either end of the table. And at the beginning of the season, I'd have suggested, uh, at the beginning of last season, sorry, I'd have suggested Luton Town and Blackburn Rovers finishing 6th and 8th respectively was quite standout. But of course, it's hard to look past Nottingham Forest, after where they found themselves at Christmas compared to the end of the season. Whilst I don't think we will see quite as a significant turnaround as that this season, my surprise package is Middlesbrough. Despite just missing out on the playoffs last season, and doing very similar the season before under Neil Warnock, they always seem to go under the radar. I'm a big fan of Chris Wilder, and the signings of Daniel Lenahan from Blackburn Rovers, and Raul Giles on loan from Wolves looks really, really good. A really effective left wing back with an excellent cross on him. Uh, I remember monitoring him back when he was playing for Shrewsbury a couple of years ago, and played particularly well for Cardiff last season as well. 
I think having him and Isaiah Jones on either wing sending in crosses could be really effective if Middlesbrough used the Jed Spence money effectively on a good striker. So with all that in mind, let's take a look at the fixtures that we've got for match day one of 46 of this upcoming EFL Championship season. We start the season with the opener of Huddersfield Town, uh, obviously promotion fi uh, playoff finalists uh, against recently relegated Burnley, which starts obviously uh, tonight at eight o'clock. This one looks a pretty one-sided affair in my opinion. Uh, I'm not particularly impressed with the signings made by Huddersfield. They've lost a, a lot of key players, uh, like uh, Colville for example from Chelsea, whereas I'm really impressed with the Burnley signings. Yes, it, uh, I appreciate it really does look like a Manchester City B-side based on the signings that uh, Vincent Company has made. Uh, this has never necessarily been a bad thing. We think of Derby County uh, under Frank Lampard signing the likes of Mason Mount and Fakayo Tomori, and they made a really impressive playoff berth as a result. Um, I think Scott Twine looks really, really effective, and to me, I think this easily looks like a Burnley win. Uh, this probably is a fate, uh, given that this is almost certainly going to be a result the other way, given this is my first prediction, so uh, I look forward to getting that one wrong. So we move to Saturday, and obviously there's quite a few games on there. Uh, quite right too, in my opinion. Uh, Blackpool versus Reading. Uh, that one really does look like a bore draw, if I ever did see one. Uh, the loss of John Swift, I think, is really rather significant, as I've already mentioned, for Reading. Um, whether they can link up to Lucas Zhao and whether he gets back on form to the way he played uh, two seasons ago will be of interest. Uh, Blackpool actually really defied expectation for me last season as I thought they were going to go straight back down. The Marvin uh, Pipetia at the back was really, really ex excellent um, and a few potential signings uh, really could take them to that next one. Obviously, the loss of Neil Critchley as manager could also go rather a long way, um, obviously losing him to Aston Villa under Steven Gerrard. Cardiff versus Norwich. Cardiff always seem to do just fine. Uh, from a Yeovil persuasion, uh, it brings me great delight, actually, to see Kiefer Moore playing far better than he ever did for the Glovers. Um, and obviously being a, a real standout uh, striker for the Welsh national team, despite, I believe, living in Truro for a long part of his life. But that's a story for another day. Uh, Norwich, again, under Dean Smith, who is a consistent uh, championship manager, um, obviously did very well at Brentford, uh, brought Aston Villa up, and now we'll be seeing whether he can do this with a third club in a row in Norwich. Um, wouldn't like to put an exact goals on this, but I think likely to be a Norwich win. Rotherham versus Swansea. Now, as I've already mentioned, I think this is the like type of team that Rotherham are going to really, really struggle with. Now, I appreciate they've got good momentum, but Swansea play really, really well and, and played some really, really fluid attacking stuff, which has really been inspired from when they were back in the Premier League under Brendan Rodgers, again, under Steve Cooper as well, and all other managers. It's a, it's a really interesting uh, uh, dynamic at in Swansea. Uh, likely to, for me to be a Swansea win. Blackburn versus QPR. Now, Blackburn were, as I mentioned, a real surprise package last time. Uh, Chilean international Ben Berriton-Diaz uh, scoring an awful lot of goals for them last season uh, versus my personal uh, favourite centre-back in the uh, championship in Rob Dickey, a six-foot-four man mountain who sits at the back for QPR. Not too sure how this might go. Um, very Could it be an uh, unstoppable force versus an immovable object? 
Probably not. This is still championship football. Um, but I think probably a draw nonetheless. Luton Town versus Birmingham. Now, Luton, will we see uh, an element of a second season syndrome? Uh, absolutely remarkable to get to the position they were in uh, reaching the playoffs last season. Again, under former Yeovil uh, legend, who I refer to as Corporal Jones, obviously Nathan Jones, um, who has been their manager on two occasions now, but for pushing on nearly five years' worth of time at Kenilworth Road, versus the absolute basket case that is Birmingham City, who have got far many problems going long beyond their uh, uh, their on-field performance, and the stuff in the boardroom could uh, really upset the club moving forward, and we may even see them drop into a relegation battle. They don't sign particularly well, um, and they haven't really used the Jude Bellingham money quite in the same way that I think many Birmingham City fans would have hoped. Uh, despite this, I think we will still see a Luton Town win. Uh, and tell you what, for posterity's sake, just because obviously we're here on Three Valleys Radio and we have a lot of links to uh, Yeovil, I think Harry Cornick may even get a goal. Hull City versus Bristol City. Uh, really interesting one here. Bristol will be largely dependent on who they can get in through the door over the next couple of weeks. Uh, with the pending transfer embargo and uh, FFP sanctions, which have been threatening them for, for many, many seasons now, um, versus a new look Hull City under their new management, which has been largely inspired from Turkey, I think, notably signing two or three players from Fenerbahce during the summer. With this, I'm really intrigued just to see how well these uh, both teams go ahead of them. Um, as a result, Probably a draw. Um, both teams, I think, I'm going to be monitoring uh, quite extensively over the upcoming season, as I'm really not too sure how either of them are going to do. Wigan Athletic versus Preston. Now, Preston, under Ryan Lowe, uh, looked a really consistent side towards the back end of the season. Uh, no notable standout players either end, but also no major weak links either. I think we'll likely see a traditional mid-table uh, finish for Preston, as we have done for the last couple of years. Again, Wigan will be really interesting to see whether their League One, top quality League One players, can make the step up. Um, Jack Watmouth, uh, Tom Naylor, uh, Max Power, all really, really effective players in the third division. Um, but whether these will result into a large amount of goals in the second division is yet to be seen. I think we'll see a Preston win. Millwall versus Stoke. Now, Millwall, as always, seem to always slightly underperform, uh, overperform, sorry, uh, compared to expectation. This might just be due to the many cliches held against them um, versus uh, their actual uh, performance. Now, if they can keep Jed Wallace as they desperately hope to, um, this will always lend their cause a lot better. Um, Bedekafobi, a really consistent striker, obviously playing against his former club uh, this season. Um, versus a Stoke City side that have always slightly underperformed since falling out of the Premier League, in my opinion. Um, actually have the richest owners by wealth, uh, probably in the Championship, uh, with the Coates family uh, being the owners of Bet365. Obviously, that doesn't always translate into success on the field, namely due to FFP and not being allowed to spend the money that they perhaps would like. Um, but the likes of Tyrese Campbell now coming back from injury after a really horrible ACL injury that took him out a lot, a lot of last season and scored a lot of goals for them prior to that uh, could be really, really exciting. Um, we'll just have to see just quite how this goes. Um, 
a lot of good youth team players in there as well. Uh, maybe pushing for a playoff position this season. As a result, probably a draw. Middlesbrough versus West Brom. Now, I'm really excited about this one because it's both clubs that I think could push for the bottom ends of the playoffs. Now, West Brom still have a lot of money going in their way through parachute payments falling out of the league two seasons ago, uh, but had a really, really rocky start last year when they signed Valerian Ishmael as their manager. And then obviously, as it traditionally does, massively calmed down with the signing of Steve Bruce. Now, not a manager I personally like very much, uh, but does get a lot out of a, a championship side. Um, don't know too much about their signings this season, so we'll be interesting to see. Uh, the likes of Kamal Grant, uh, really, really good signings in the championship, so we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, I've already sung the praises of Middlesbrough this season. I think if Ryan Giles and Isaiah Jones can play as we've seen them, and uh, I've seen them already in pre-season, I think we could be really, really on to a very exciting match, uh, which is on at half past five this weekend. So we now have the two games uh, after Saturday. So on Sunday at 12 o'clock, we've got Sunderland versus Coventry. To a promotion side who played really, really well in their playoff fights. I watched both games against Sheffield Wednesday last season and looked really, really composed, really quite exciting. Um, the likes of uh, uh, Roberts... Um, from Man City, um, played really, really well every time he's been on loan elsewhere. I remember him being at, at Middlesbrough last uh, a couple of seasons ago and, and looking really dangerous. The fact they managed to sign him on a permanent deal, I think, is, is really, really good. And um, actually, saying that, he was even better when he was at Celtic. Coventry played really, really well last season. I really liked Callum O'Hare um, as their number ten position, and their right back Jack Grimmer, who I remember playing for. Wickham Wanderers a fair few years ago as well uh, against Exeter a couple of seasons ago. Um, really, really exciting attacking fullback. How this result will go, not too sure. We'll definitely be watching to uh, evaluate properly. And then we have Monday night, which I would probably see as the biggest match of this uh, opening weekend, which is Watford versus Sheffield United. Now, my prediction of Sheffield United going for automatic promotion could immediately go out of the window um, if they lose to Watford this season, uh, tonight, or Monday night, sorry. And um, how that goes is, is really rather interesting. Watford themselves are always doing quite well when they come into the Championship. I never seem to really remember a lot of their signings. A lot of them um, come from further afield. Their, their uh, link to Udinese always seems to do really rather well from them on a recruitment perspective, often with players that I don't particularly know very well, uh, but always seem to get the job done. It will be interesting to see whether that is replicated this season, they don't necessarily have that same consistency of immediately bouncing back up just like Norwich, um, but are pretty close. Um, it's at Watford, so it's at Vicarage Road, uh, which will always inherently work in their favour, but I still think we're going to see a, a win for Sheffield United. Um, I'm going to go 3-0. So let me know what you think, and what you think your predictions for the opening weekend of the Championship will be. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see just how this season goes for them uh, and really how this can pan out into the 46 games. Uh, it's important to note that having a good run of form at the beginning of the season does always set you up quite nicely, but over just a sheer amount of games of season, nothing can ever be predicted at the beginning of the season, particularly in the absolute basket case, that is the Sky Bet Championship. But now, a word from our sponsors. You're listening to Three Valleys Community Radio.
When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. Set up with Boring Radio? Oh, yeah. Then Three Valleys Radio has to be their station for you. They play a really good mix between, like, the modern tunes and, like, all the old stuff and stuff, so it's really great to listen to. You get a good mix. And, like, the presenters are really awesome. And, like, hardly any adverts, which is fab. So with the championship all done, let's move on to League One. Last season saw a lot of exciting stuff. Wigan Athletic signed really well post their takeover from the Bahraini Consortium and went on to win the title with only eight losses. A really consistent team. Never looked like they were going to light up the league, um, but... I don't think you can ever really criticise a team for being most consistent, as that ultimately is the goal. At Rotherham, definitely at several times across the season, looked like they would run away with it, but again, just got over the line. And obviously the excitement of MK Dons with, as we've previously mentioned, Scott Twine, who, who really did light up the league in his first season in MK Dons post his move from Swindon Town. It'll be really interesting to see how MK Dons are able to replicate anything of note uh, for the remainder of next season. The relegated clubs could be of real interest this season. Peterborough have strong League One players with the likes of Johnson Clark Harris and Sammy Schmodix, an accomplished attacking force in England's third division. Barnsley could be in for a very difficult season. Baudry Bantics could leave the club without distinct direction after several seasons of consistent and effective recruitment. The signing of James Norwood from Ipswich Town could be a, a steady stream of goals for the Tykes, and Michael Duff impressed as manager of Cheltenham Town last season, despite having limited resources for this division. Certainly one to keep an eye on. And then, of course, we have Derby County. With the fear of administration now gone, the Rams will look to rebuild at Pride Park. Leroy Ishri Senior has been put in temporary charge, and it is yet to see... Uh, yet to be seen whether they will take on the mantle full-time, but was regularly praised last season working alongside Wayne Rooney, who has since moved to DC United in the MLS. Many of their young stars have gone, such as Lee Buchanan, Festi Abasele and Luke Plange, all departing for pastures new for the sake of their development. Experienced heads such as James Collins, James Chester and former Yeovil midfielder Corey Smith have joined from Cardiff, Stoke and Swansea respectively. A season of transition should be expected, but I would argue that for many Derby fans, simply having the club still in existence is enough for them this season. And so on to the categories. Firstly, like before, we'll start on the too good for this league. And there really are so many to choose from in League One, given the money that has been thrown around in recent years. Clubs such as Bolton Wanderers, Ipswich Town, Portsmouth, 
all drastically underperformed compared to their budgets last season, but the club to take on the next step should be Sheffield Wednesday. Like their cross-city rivals in the league above, Wednesday have signed well, with League One stalwarts such as David Stockdale from Wickham Wanderers, Will Vokes from Cardiff City, and both Michael Smith and Michael Ihikwe from Rotherham. Akin Femewu impressed uh, extensively for Charlton last season in the back line and will sit nicely in Darren Moore's defence. Retaining the services of Lee Gregory was also essential, and he certainly has the ability to win the Golden Boot this season. It is to little surprise the bookies have Wednesday as title favourites, and realistically, so do I. Going to fight but struggle. Many clubs have come into League One and have been expected immediately to return from whence they came, but have cemented themselves regardless. Morecambe and Cheltenham did that last season. Morecambe hold one of my favourite stats ever, having never been relegated in our 102-year history. Despite this, both look favourites to go down this season. However, my going-to-fight-but-struggle pick is Forest Green Rovers. An incredibly commendable club off the field, they impressed on it throughout last season, but with the departure of Kane Wilson, Nicky Caden and Ebu Adams, uh, all departing for clubs, uh, two of which uh, moving into the Championship and Nicky Caden moving across uh, in League One to Barnsley, there's very, very little League One experience brought in. It looks a tough gig for the men from Gloucestershire. Finally, from my surprise package, it's between two. Bristol Rovers and Exeter City. Again, two local teams. Two of the promoted clubs from last season, Bristol Rovers under the stewardship of famous hardman and part-time French impersonator Joey Barton, have kept hold of key players such as Aaron Collins, while signing League One's favourite target man John Marquis, as well as ball-winning midfielder Jordan Rossiter from Fleetwood. I think we could see a strong campaign from the gas if we maintain a level of consistency and don't fly off the handle like the manager is somewhat famous of doing. Exeter City are intriguing, yeah, having yet to make a signing this summer, instead choosing to retain a lot of the core group that, they, that saw them almost win the title last season. Local lads Jack Sparks, Archie Collins, Josh Key and Captain Matt Jay led a side built on robust defending with efficient counter-attacking. My suggestion will be a few loan signings to raise the ceiling of the squad and could see a strong season for Exeter, who have returned to League One for the first time in ten years. But what do you think? Have I missed anything blindingly obvious? Almost certainly. Until then, let's take a look at the opening weekend's fixtures. Plymouth Argyle versus Barnsley. Now, Plymouth had a very good season last season, uh, arguably uh, playing slightly above expectation. Striker Ryan Hardy uh, really standing out for Argyle. Versus, as previously mentioned, a intriguing Barnsley side who have signed relatively well in certain positions, but board romantics really could uh, dissuade from what could be a rather good campaign. I think Plymouth will start off in a very good uh, good amount of momentum, just like they did at the back end of last season, hopefully not being able to do the very last game of the season where they got absolutely thumped uh, by MK Dons in the final game of the season, 5-0. Uh, still probably a win for Plymouth. Bristol Rovers versus Forest Green. Now, as mentioned, this was a fixture in League 2 last season, but two teams very much looking in different directions uh, based on recruitment. I'm really concerned about Forest Green, uh, with little uh, League One experience in their squad, but have signed relatively good youngsters. Uh, Harry Boys from Sheffield United on loan could be a really, um, really interesting signing, having uh, impressed at Solihull in the National League last season. And Bristol Rovers, 
if they can get the likes of John Marquis and Aaron Collins putting in goals that both team, uh, both players are certainly capable of, it could be a really interesting match. Win for Bristol Rovers. Lincoln City versus Exeter City. Now, as I mentioned, this is the first time Exeter City have been in League One for nearly 10 years. Whereas Lincoln were very much on an upward trajectory uh, outside of last season, having risen from the National League to League One in very quick succession post uh, their takeover from the fans. It'll be interesting to see just how this one plays out, and really there's not a lot to say from here. The, the real concern has to be the fact that Exeter haven't signed anyone um, this season at all, uh, and certainly no one that's been playing consistently in League One. A lot of the players are strong League Two standard, and inherently they wouldn't have pushed for the League title if they weren't really rather good players. So it'll be interesting to see. Probably a draw. Accrington Stanley versus Charlton. Now, Accrington Stanley are the little people's club. Uh, the owner, Andy Holt, uh, is famous for really fighting at the idea of budgetary control and uh, effective planning can really take a club to new heights despite having a relatively small fan base and limited catchment area. Charlton, however, formerly of the Premier League, uh, Central London, really exciting club under new stewardship again. I thought it was a shame that they sacked Johnny Jackson uh, last season, and of course with assistant manager none other than Terry Skiverton, both of which have moved to AFC Wimbledon this season, could really see Charlton in a, in a new direction. It'll be interesting to see how this pond pans out. Don't know too much about uh, the signings of either, so we'll just have to wait and see. Port Vale versus Fleetwood. Port Vale was the last club that I haven't mentioned that's been promoted this season. Uh, striker James Wilson... Uh, had a really, really good season last year and hopefully will be able to kick on again, obviously formerly of, of Manchester United uh, and definitely seen as one of those hot prospects post-Sir Alex Ferguson's departure. Hasn't quite panned out as that, mainly due to injuries, um, but it performed well for Port Vale and hopefully uh, can, can replicate that again. Fleetwood Town is a club that is very much the opposite of the likes of Lincoln City and have very much got here on uh, a large amount of uh, heavy investment that's been external. Always very much a mid-table side and have done well in League One despite their uh, limited fan base and uh, questionable recruitment in the past, obviously, of uh, Joey Barton's former club. Interesting to see how this one pans out. Cambridge United versus MK Dons. Now, Cambridge, very much like Cheltenham and Morecambe last year, were very much predicted to go straight back down. But anyone that watched Cambridge last season will know that actually it was a very, very slick, um, uh, efficient outfit um, a lot of good players signed on a very cheap budget. In fact, when I uh, I had the pleasure of going to Cambridge United uh, last season uh, with uh, some work outside of my uh, fledgling career in, in local radio and had the pleasure of meeting the former chairman of Cambridge United. And there was a lot of many, many positives from the club. And uh, if people remember, obviously, Yeovil in the uh, about 10 years ago, very much in the, the promotion stage, had a very similar atmosphere around the club, of a club that was a little bit smaller than the than its uh, than its opponents, but was fighting well uh, and was really proud of, uh, of where it was in the position. MK Dons, on the other hand, will be really, really concerned about how their direction moves forward. A club that has plenty of infrastructure, albeit with a limited fan base to really develop it over the last... 20 years since moving from Wimbledon, but we're not getting into that. And the departure of Scott Twine and Harry Darling, two of their key players last season, could make this really, really difficult for MK Dons. 
Despite this, I think there's probably just enough firepower for MK Dons to get over the line, and we'll probably win this one at the Abbey Stadium. Morecambe versus Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury are actually one of the very few clubs that really consistently uh, perform on a financial level. They don't spend beyond their means, and has led them to have a very consistent career in League One over the last few years. As mentioned, Morecambe are still uh, very much the favourites to go back down, a club that has really, really been punching very, very well last season. Uh, Cole Stockton uh, really got them out of uh, out of relegation this year, uh, last year. And it'll be interesting to see whether he's able to uh, to replicate that uh, and how that be and how that links to to Morecambe as a whole. With that, though, I still think we'll see a Shrewsbury win, and I'm going to go with a Ryan Bowman goal. Wickham Wanderers versus Burton. Now, Wickham and Burton have a lot of similarities, and are very much clubs that were quite a surprise when they ended up in their one or two championship seasons that they had uh, a few years ago. I really like Gareth Ainsworth and the and the mentality of Wickham Wanderers, uh, the owner, uh, Mr Kuhig, very much like trying to make Wickham Wanderers the most technologically advanced club in the country. An ambitious ask, but I can't see why not uh, for, the, for the guys from Buckinghamshire. Burton, again, very much a consistent team uh, under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. They've been really rather good last year and, and I think are going to push on again this season. Um, I think both clubs could realistically make a, a strong playoff push this year. As a result, I'm going to go with a draw. Sheffield Wednesday versus Portsmouth. Now, for me, this is the big game of the weekend at two clubs that have enormous budgets compared to others in League One this season. But, and with a significant uh, fan bases that will want to return to the championship where both of them feel they belong. Players such as Lee Gregory are going to be absolutely essential for Sheffield Wednesday, putting in lots of goals. Uh, defensively, they're really, really solid um, with the likes of Akin Famewu at the back, who impressed really, really heavily for Charlton last year. Versus a Portsmouth side that always constantly looks like it's just very much a nearly man. Uh, their departure of uh, one of their key strikers, Mark Ilhan, uh, Marcus Harness, has moved to Ipswich, which could be interesting. I watched a lot of Portsmouth last season. And it always looked like something just didn't quite click, somewhere between the midfield and the attack. Uh, they're going to hope that they can get the best out of the likes of Ronan Curtis, who has always performed very, very well over the last few years for Portsmouth. Uh, and it, I, I think we can see a rather good performance for, for both teams. Um, given it's at Hillsborough, I'm going to give it towards home advantage and say a win for Sheffield Wednesday, but only just. Cheltenham versus Peterborough. Recently relegated Peterborough United have retained a lot of their key players, as previously mentioned, Johnson Clark-Harris, Sammy Schmodix, versus a Cheltenham side that very much were punching above their weight last year and, and, and was largely down to the stewardship of Michael Duff. Now, unfortunately, he has, he has departed the club, and realistically, this leaves Cheltenham in a very, very sticky situation. Win for Peterborough. Derby County versus Oxford United. Derby are a complete enigma to me, and I'm really excited to see just how the team performs post-administration. Uh, they don't have the struggle of only having about four or five players, which was a real concern at the beginning of the season, now, uh, well, sort of a few months ago, post-administration, um, but have signed well and a lot of experienced players at that. If they're able to bleed through what little youth they've still got that didn't depart the club, 
um, it'll be really exciting just to see uh, the blend between the two. Often a, a recipe for for title winning uh, or for highly performing teams. Uh, any any notable teams will remember that uh, uh, that experience and usefulness can go a really long way. Oxford United have been a payoff pushers uh, for the last couple of years and have reached the playoff final as recently as, as, as three years ago. So it, it's uh, a club built on consistency uh, there at the Kassam Stadium. I'm really excited to see that one. I'm not going to put a prediction on that one and I'll probably be watching that one personally. Finally, Ipswich Town versus Bolton. Now, both clubs are very much going in the right direction and have got the budgets to boot. Uh, Bolton are, I see very strong similarities between them and Wigan. Uh, both obviously had their administration issues and realistically were about a year behind on the uh, on, on the on the development pipeline that Wigan were. Now, given that Wigan won the league last year, it'll be interesting to see whether how how accurate that prediction is uh, and then whether Bolton can replicate it. Ipswich, as always, go into the season with arguably one of the strongest squads in the league. But that has often, well, for the last two seasons, that hasn't replicated into results on the field. But uh, a year under new stewardship, uh, new ownership, uh, could see could see some real interest uh, both for both clubs. Uh, given that it's at Portman Road, again, uh, I'm going to give it to home advantage. And so it's a win for Ipswich. For all your West Country sport, this is Three Valleys Radio. Hey, are you going to the Yeovil Ukulele Festival? Sunday the 4th of September at Haysbury Mill near Crookern. 11 o'clock in the morning till 9 at night with big acts from the ukulele world including Plastic Jesus, Tricity Vogue, The Hedge Inspectors, 80s icon Sam Brown, Pete Brown, Hester Goodman from the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain, and local duo in sync. Now there's a famous talky queen, she looks a flapper on the screen, she's more like... Tickets are available from the website www.yovelukulele.club and on the door. And it's all in aid of mind in Somerset. There'll be performances across two stages, workshops, strum and sing-alongs, trade stands, food, raffle and more. So make sure you get there. September the 4th at Hazelbury Mill near Krugard. Listening to Three Valleys Radio, your local and worldwide community sports radio station. Find us at www.threevalleysradio.com. Thank you for that, Aidy. And with that, we now move on to League Two. So, last but not least, we have League Two. This year, I expect a highly competitive season with few notably big spenders like we see in League One and the Championship or even in the National League. Promoted from the National League and breaking through the bottleneck were Stockport County and Grimsby Town. Grimsby went against the trend we have seen recently with the club making the immediate return to the Football League, beating Hollywood FC Wrexham and ever-consistent Solihull Mills in their playoff run and worthy returnees to the Football League. 
Stockport County took full advantage of the lack of financial fair play regulations to entice players from the higher divisions to get them out of non-league. Andy Cannon was signed on loan from Championship Club Hull City, as well as Antonio Sarsovic, who was captain at the time of League One's Bolton Wanderers. This puts the Hatters in a strong position for the new season. Four teams were relegated from League One this season. Gillingham were unlucky to be relegated last season, finishing on the same points as Fleetwood, and went down due to their inferior goal difference. A club that had been in League One for some time, it may take time to adapt, but we will be looking for an immediate return to the league. Crewe had a disastrous campaign, looking lost throughout the majority of the season, conceding nearly two goals a game last season, whilst almost only scoring 37. The loss of the only plus point of last season, Scott Cashkit, to league rivals Gillingham, could spend a difficult result, uh, a difficult season for the railwaymen. Despite returning to their spiritual home of Plough Lane, it was not enough for AFC Wimbledon to stay up. Losing top striker Ollie Palmer to Wrexham in January proved difficult to replace, and we'll see them play in League Two for the first time since the 2015-16 season. A blend of youth and experience has been brought into Johnny Jackson's squad, and he and Terry Skiverton will hope to get the most out of on-loan striker Carl Hudlin from Huddersfield. Yes, that six-foot-nine striker who played for Solihull last season. Very excited to see how he fares. Finally, we have Doncaster Rovers, who looked all at sea for most parts of the 21-22 campaign, and was perfectly embodied by their embarrassing loss to Mansfield in the FA Cup second round. The night Yeovil beat Stevenage with that great Charlie Wakefield finish, and the night I was prepared to give Dan Moss a knighthood then and there. How times change. Doncaster will look to make the eco-power, the keep moat to you and I, a fortress for the upcoming campaign. All eyes will be on Lee Tomlin to grab the goals this season for the Reds. And so now on to predictions. And firstly, we shall start with the too big for this league category. And that can really only go to one club. Whilst I said there were lots of clubs of a similar size in League 2, this season I think one stands out, and that's Stockport County. Having been released from the bottleneck between the National League and League 2, Stockport have a squad already ready to challenge. Everyone who lives in the Three Valleys is aware of the talents of a certain Paddy Madden leading the line for them alongside another former Glover, Miles Hippolyte. I think a surprise player for them will be Achille Wright, who they bought from York City this summer. I had the pleasure of watching him a lot last season and was certainly too good for the Vanarama National League North, with his good composure and excellence of breaking up play. In terms of clubs that are going to struggle, I think I leave it to two. Barrow and Stevenage. Both clubs have been teetering on the edge of the drop for some time and don't look to be turning it around anytime soon by the judging of their signings. A long bad run of form could spell the end to both of their football league statuses. And finally we have the surprise package. And I'm going to go with Swindon Town. Swindon have had their fair share of difficulty over the last few years. The removal of Lee Power as chairman and replacing him with Claremore Fooney has seen new stability for the club as well as the repossession of the county ground. They are also looking to replicate the likes of Brentford and Barnsley in recent years with a data-driven recruitment system that looks to uncover gems that can lead them to promotion. Probably the most notable of one of those in the last couple of years has been Scott Twine, who we've already mentioned several times over the course of this show. The signing of young uh, centre-backs Kieran Brennan, online from Sheffield Wednesday, and Kean Harris from Bristol Rovers on a free transfer, looks a really promising defence for the Wiltshire base outfit. I'm unsure whether Swindon are quite at the standard required for a promotion, but I think there'll be plenty of positives this season as they look to build on their playoff push from last year.
And so on to our last preview of the opening weekend's fixtures for tonight. Starting with Carlisle United versus Crawley Town. I'd like to think the fixtures computer had absolutely no idea just quite how far it will be for the travelling Crawley fans up to Carlisle United, although that is something that every club will have to experience at some point this season as they brave it to off to Brunton Park. Crawley, under interesting circumstances, given their new ownership uh, model run by some crypto owners, um, not a sphere that I know too much about, but it should be interesting for Crawley, whereas Carlisle United will be on hoping to see a better return on their season compared to last year. With that, I think we are more likely to see a Carlisle win, and I've got a lot of confidence, actually, that Carlisle will do rather well this season. Win for them. Walsall versus Hartlepool. Again, another club recently taken over, Walsall, are looking to really push on what was a fairly standard campaign compared to a Hartlepool side that traversed well in their first year back in the Football League. Known real notable signings that I can remember for either club this season, so I think a fairly standard campaign and thus a draw overall. Harrogate versus Swindon Town. As I've already mentioned, I think Swindon are going to be the surprise packages of this year, and I think that's going to start off with a winning start away at Harrogate. Harrogate had a good start to last season, but very much trailed off in finishing in mid-table, which um, hopefully Simon Weaver will be looking to, to push on again. Their striker Luke Armstrong was really, really impressive in his first season outside of non-league. Despite this, I still think we're going to see a Swindon Town win. Bradford City versus Doncaster Rovers. Now, I think this could be a really, really interesting one, simply because a lot of bookies are tipping Bradford City for promotion this season. Got a lot of very consistent players, um, a lot of players that have been in the league for a long, long time, versus a Doncaster team that's going to be very much still in transition, still recovering from their dis uh, disappointing campaign last year in League One. I think we're going to see an Im immediate win for Bradford City, and I'm going to go 3-0. Leighton Orient versus Grimsby Town. A good challenging start for Grimsby, returning back into the Football League after a year away, against a Leighton Orient side that always seemed to play really, really well uh, at the Brea Road Stadium. Um, not too much to really say about either of these, and I'm hoping to take a bit more interest in them most the course, uh, over the course of uh, this year, um, but I'm going to hesitate at probably a draw. Rochdale versus Crewe. Rochdale have had their fair share of turmoil over the last uh, year or so, uh, just as much as Crewe have, although Crewe's has been more on the field and Rochdale's has been in the boardroom. Um, a relatively local affair for either club, but probably a nice start for the weekend for them both. Stockport versus Barrow. One of the few mildly local trips again for Barrow this season will be returning to, the, uh, to, be returning to Stockport County. A new but ever-changing and ever-powerful Stockport County, a club that I think are going to really, really dominate this the league this season. I can see Anthony Sarsovic uh, unpicking the Barrow backline with relative ease. Uh, a pretty convincing win for Stockport, I would argue. Salford City versus Mansfield. Again, but two clubs that actually had a really good back end of last season. Uh, Mansfield under Nigel Clough looked really, really convincing compared to when he first picked them up at the bottom, uh, near the bottom of League Two last year. Again, as I mentioned, playing really, really well in that FA Cup second round game that knocked out Doncaster last year in the FA Cup. They also had plenty of other good, uh, plenty of other notable good matches. Um, one of their key players being Matty Longstaff on loan, for, on loan from Newcastle. Um, given that he hasn't returned this year, it'll be interesting to see how the club adapts. 
Now everyone knows a lot about Salford City and the story and how they reached the League 2, so I'm not going to dwell on that too heavily. But some notable signings have all gone into Salford City with plenty of financial backing, which we know we'll expect. And I think we're going to see a good campaign from both clubs. AFC Wimbledon versus Gillingham. Again, this would have been a League One fixture last year. Um, and I can't remember exactly how it ended, but I think it was a draw both times last season. Um, and as a result, I'm going to suggest very similar uh, going around this time. Sutton United versus Newport County. Now, Sutton surprised an awful lot of people last year. Uh, many people would have tipped them to go immediately back down, given that they had not ever previously been uh, even remotely associated with the Football League prior to their promotion from the National League two years ago, uh, including having some real issues with their pitch, which was famously 4G, and under EFL rules, this had to be dug up, uh, something that a lot of um, Sutton fans were really, really upset about. But despite this, they put on a really good campaign, were in the playoffs for the vast majority of it, and ended up finishing in 8th place. Newport County have always been a club that I've quietly admired, have always been very good with their uh, with their signings. I remember a couple of years ago they had the likes of Patrick Armand, who, who's, who's really, really good up front, uh, and, they've always had, and Dom Telford as being another. I think a season of uh, ever-consistency, aiming for a playoff berth, is absolutely what Newport County should be looking for. Uh, I'm fearful of how Sutton may play this year. They haven't signed uh, any notably uh, experienced players. That's never necessarily a bad thing, uh, and I often think people put too much emphasis on it. But in this case, I fear we may see a case of second season syndrome, and we might be looking at Sutton towards the bottom end of the table uh, come season's end. Tranmere Rovers versus Stevenage. Now, Tranmere, again, were playing very well towards the beginning of last season and very much trailed off towards the end, finishing around mid-table. A lot of uh, consistent players that have fared well in this league, um, often relying on, on the wingers of Sam Foley, obviously of York, uh, uh, of York, of Yeovil, and, uh, and, and Callum McManaman, uh, famously of the FA Cup winning side of Wigan Athletic back in 2013. With that, they always do rather well, and Mickey Mellon is a uh, well-established manager at this level, and I think we're going to see a Tranmere Rovers, uh, Tranmere Rovers win at Prenton Park on Saturday. And finally, we have Northampton Town versus Colchester United. A relatively local affair again, uh, between Northamptonshire and Essex, um, but neither club had a particularly standout season last year. Northampton definitely faring better than Colchester. And I think we're going to see a fairly similar uh, result this year. Um, a big anniversary for Northampton this year, and they're going to want to try and put uh, as many uh, niceties that they have off the field onto performing uh, decent performances on it. It'll be really exciting to see how that fares, whereas Colchester really need to reconsider a lot of their recruitment. It's been rather poor in recent years, uh, but Bryce Weirdo uh, was a really, really good midfielder for them last year. Um, going to be interesting to see how this one pans out. For great coverage of Yeovil Town Football Club. Oh, genius! Absolute genius! It has to be Three Valleys Radio. It's just really easy and simple to do, and you can just access it wherever there's an internet connection. So that's it for our first uh, preview show here on the EFL Preview, here on Three Valleys Radio. Uh, what did you think? Uh, have I got anything blindingly wrong? Uh, do you think I'm pretty bang on about certain things? I, I'd really be uh, very interested to hear your opinions. Um, are there any clubs that we should be really excited about? 
should we be trying to see what the season after will be looking like? You know, who's going to come up from the National League alongside Yeovil Town, of course, um, and who's going to come down from the Premier League? How will how will the EFL change over time? Will the teams look entirely different uh, that are in the promotion hunt at Christmas versus who eventually ends there uh, at the end of the season? To me, that's part of the real excitement of English football. Um, to an extent, the Premier League is is really easy to predict. It's just those with the most amount of money um, are able to just largely win. OK, it might be a, a selection of maybe four to six clubs any one time that it may be, outside of your Leicester's um, in 2016. But the rest, it can be pretty standard. Meanwhile, in the EFL, every year it seems slightly different. Clubs that have been there for there or thereabouts had, had suddenly uh, fallen off or those that come from nowhere. Some go on absolute um, monumental runs. We had Forest Green last year. We had we had Morecambe and Cambridge United the year before, Cheltenham Town as well. It's it's part of the real excitement for me of, of, of where uh, football can go when it isn't solely uh, defined by the finances. And, and I should know. And the money will have something to play with it. But when everyone is relatively on a, a level playing field, in the case of the championship, everyone's level playing field is the fact that everything is incredibly rocky and it moves every 20 seconds and they're all vying for the same goal. But you never know. You can have a Luton town, you can have a Knott's Forest from, from nowhere, and that's, and that's really exciting. So with that, I would like to bid you farewell. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, it's been a lot of fun and I hope you'll join me along the way over the course of this season, uh, watching how, how the season develops um, and, and see how how the whole league, how football can develop and as a result how I may develop here on my uh, very new and very exciting journey that I'm on here at Three Valleys Radio. So I thank you very much for your time. My name's been Adam Davis and with that, goodbye. <laughs>